and welcome to the Early Roots Podcast. This episode is all about obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD and kind of the umbrella of anxiety related disorders. And the reason I'm not just talking about OCD is because that diagnosis is very specific. And in my experience, particularly with children, there's usually a much broader manifestation of obsessive and compulsive type symptoms. I work with a lot of kids who have obsessive compulsive symptoms and tendencies, but they wouldn't really qualify for an OCD diagnosis. Also, OCD falls under the anxiety umbrella, and there are a lot of different ways that children display anxiety, and OCD-type symptoms are just one of the things that you see. So rather than getting into kind of the dry diagnostic criteria, I just want to look at what these things actually look like in children and talk about what's going on in their brains and bodies from a neurodevelopment perspective. So when looking at OCD, the first category is obsessive. Obsessions are usually going to be thoughts or impulses that kids experience over and over again that are usually not rational and that are fear-inducing. And in a true OCD diagnosis, these usually take up a large portion of the day, and most people realize that they're not rational. In the kids that I see, they may not take up such a huge chunk of time, and oftentimes the kids don't realize that they're irrational. In fact, many of the kids I see get fixated on a thought or idea, and they believe that it's real, and it can be very hard to have a rational conversation with them about it. And obsessions can take any form. Common ones are going to be things like fears of germs, of poisons, of dying, Fears about people harming them, being angry with them, or leaving them. I see a lot of perfectionistic concerns, things like doing something perfectly or having things physically cleaned or physically lined up evenly. I see a lot of fears of making moral mistakes, of sinning or upsetting God, fears about weather and natural disasters. There are a limitless number of things that can be an obsession, but the underlying theme is that it's irrational, it's anxiety-inducing, and it's repetitive. And the frequency and severity of these thoughts varies from kid to kid. So some have very mild symptoms while others are really extreme. Now, again, most of the kids I work with would not qualify for an official OCD diagnosis, but a lot of them have these tendencies. The next category is compulsions. So these are going to refer to the actions that kids take in response to the impulsive thoughts. And these also vary widely. Things like obsessive hand washing, repeating behaviors a set number of times, repeating the same questions, or repeatedly checking on something like the time or the weather. It could also be repetitive cleaning or getting hyper-focused on cleanliness, on organization, or being very rigid about a routine or plan. And again, I see a lot of things that fall under this category that aren't true compulsions, but they're related. Things like being very rigid about a plan or routine. That's not necessarily a compulsion, but that intense inflexibility falls under this umbrella of anxiety-related symptoms. And that's true of a lot of other behaviors as well. I see a lot of things like hair pulling, hair twirling, chewing on clothes or other things, eating things compulsively, 
physical ticks, tapping, humming, clicking. There's a lot of things that can fall into this category. The main thing to keep in mind with any of these things is that the root of all of it is anxiety. These obsessions, compulsions, and behaviors are all ways that the brain is trying to cope with a dysfunctional stress response. And I think in order to really understand this, we need to define anxiety and take a deeper look at what it is. Anxiety is a very hot topic right now, and it's something that is easy to overuse and overdiagnose. It's important to keep in mind that anxiety is not an illness like the flu. It is a natural and normal physiological state that's designed to keep us alive and healthy in the right circumstances. So rather than looking at anxiety as a disorder, I think we should look at it as a disruption of normal development. And here's what I mean. During pregnancy in our early years, our brain and nervous system is developing both physically and functionally. And just like we learn how to walk, how to read, and how to think rationally, our nervous system has to learn how to function in many different ways. One of these systems is our stress response or our fight-or-flight reaction. And our genetics and our experiences, particularly early on, shape how these systems learn how to function. Our fight-or-flight response learns how to interpret information about our bodies and about our environment and how to prioritize and respond to these things properly. Our early experiences shape the way this works. For example, a baby whose mother experiences a lot of stress during pregnancy will have a nervous system that is more sensitive and reactive to stress. From an evolutionary perspective, this is pretty adaptive. The nervous system is responding to the environment in a way that should, in quotes, give the baby the best chance of surviving. This isn't an illness like the flu, it's complex biology at work. And the problems come in when our experiences, our culture, and our lifestyles don't work harmoniously with these biological processes. And this is a big, complicated problem with a lot of different factors. There are so many different things that influence and shape the way our stress response develops. Uh, Things like parental mental health, physical health, early attachments, traumas, danger, technology, social relationships, even our food all plays a role in how our body learns to respond to danger and stress. Also, our stress response doesn't stop developing. It is constantly adapting to our circumstances and experiences, both positively and negatively. And that's why you see things like PTSD in adults who experience trauma, even if they were relatively healthy before. And in normal healthy development, babies are born with a heightened stress response to the world. This helps them to adapt to being born and learn how to interact with the world. And it's easy to see in newborns. They're naturally very sensitive to things like loud noises and bright lights. But as they mature, this stress response lessens and they begin to react to their environment with more and more maturity. There are lots of things that can interrupt this process, though. If you want to hear more details about it, you can listen to my episode about complications and risk factors. But just know that certain experiences like stress exposure in utero, like trauma, like birth complications, can change the way that the nervous system matures. And one of the ways that the brain responds to these experiences is to hold on to the more reactive, immature version of our stress response. This stunts normal maturity and leads to lots of different symptoms as kids get bigger. 
I see a lot of kids in this situation that experience a lot of obsessive thoughts and compulsive behaviors. They show a lot of irrational fears, immaturity, and general anxiety. And the root of all of these symptoms is the same. Their brain has not learned how to regulate their stress response appropriately. And thankfully, our stress response is very dynamic, and it's designed to change and adapt. And just like traumatic experiences can negatively change our reactions, certain therapeutic practices can create positive changes. I would say that 80% of what I do in my practice is working on the stress response. The vast majority of the kids I work with have an immature fight-or-flight reaction that's at the root of most of their symptoms. When you change the way this internal system works, things like obsessive thoughts, compulsive behaviors, and general anxiety start to disappear. And if you have a child with OCD symptoms or general anxiety symptoms, then please check out my website or reach out to me to learn more. These symptoms are all big red flags that your child has an immature stress response. And there are lots of things that we can do to help this system mature and function properly. You can learn more about this by listening to some of my other podcast episodes. I have one about complications and risk factors, and I have one about the Moro reflex. I also have a screening questionnaire on my website that you can fill out that goes through details about your child's history that we can use to see if this type of therapy would be helpful for your child. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something helpful. Mm-hmm.